Welcome to the Whatever Podcast with Mark Dior. Hey folks, thanks for dropping by. I'm your host, Mark Deal. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that we're now on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music Play. When I recorded our preview show, I mentioned that we would try to do a show about once a month. But after doing that first show, I liked it so much, I decided I wanted to do it more often. So we're going to break out the watch of reading with the family and conversations with an 8-year-old with my granddaughter Rory into their own episodes. These episodes will be posted sometime in the middle of the month. Then around the first of the month, we'll do the bigger shows with interviews and stuff like that. Did you know that June is Black Music Appreciation Month? I didn't. Seems like something I would have known. It's been a thing since Jimmy Carter celebrated it for the first time at the White House on June 7, 1979. So it's been around a while. A friend had posted a video on Facebook of Prince along with Tom Petty, Steve Winwood, Jeff Lynn, and others playing While My Guitar Gently Weeps at George Harrison's induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Man, if you've never seen that video, you should. Prince tears it up. I don't think people realize how great of a guitar player he was. Just Google Prince George Harrison YouTube, and it shouldn't bring it up. I'll also post a link. Not really sure how a video remembering Prince on his birthday got me to Black Music Appreciation Month, but you never know where you'll end up once you go down the YouTube rabbit hole. So let's celebrate. We wish you love, peace, and soul. How many of you immediately knew that what that was from? Of course, it's Soul Train, the first black-owned, nationally syndicated TV show. A show that celebrated black music, black culture, and provided black performers a national audience that they couldn't get anywhere else. Plus, it had the Soul Train line and the coolest host on the planet, Don Cornelius. So, let's check out some of these videos on YouTube. James Brown performing Super Bad with the amazing Demita Joe Freeman dancing. Or Sly and the Family Stone doing a seven-minute version of Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself Again. That's something you wouldn't see on American Bandstand. Or maybe B.B. King and Bobby Blue Bland doing It's My Own Fault. Some of our first exposures to actual blues. All this is pretty important musical exposure for this white kid growing up in small town southeast Missouri. While celebrating Black Music Appreciation Month, give a listen to some of my favorite artists and albums. Let's start with the father of rock and roll, Chuck Berry. If you don't own something with Johnny B. Good on it, you should be ashamed. Pick up a copy of Chuck Berry is on top, released in 1959. It's a collection of previously released 45s, and in addition to Johnny B. Good, it has Maybelline, Rollover Beethoven, Sweet Little Rock and Roller, and several other hits. You won't be disappointed. Next, how about giving a listen or re-listen to The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. I can't tell you how much I love this album. There are not many perfect albums from start to finish, but this is one. Don't take my word for it. Go listen to it. And lastly, check out Freedom Highway by Rhiannon Giddens, 
of the Carolina Chocolate Drops, another group you should give a listen to. On Freedom Highway, Giddens gives voice to those who have no voice. It's a beautiful and emotionally powerful album dealing with the history of America's struggle against racism. If her cover of Birmingham Sunday doesn't kick you in the gut, I don't know what will. So there you go. Just a few suggestions for some good music to listen to this month. For today's segment of What You're Reading, I have my wife Diana and my daughter Natasha. Other daughter Letitia is not here today, and I've kind of kicked Rory out of the group. She's going to get her own segment later, so I'm going to call. I think I'm going to call it Conversations with an Eight-Year-Old, at least for a couple months till she turns nine. <laughs> but so before we get started, I thought we would kind of go around and tell kind of the genres of books that we typically read. Okay. No. Um, I read mostly fiction, mostly like long novels and short stories, but I do like essays, like personal essays and then nonfiction stuff. And then, yeah, that covers that pretty much. And I'm mostly fiction and sometimes serious, sometimes romantic, sometimes funny. Oh, and poetry. Sorry. Occasionally nonfiction. Yeah. I typically read science fiction, fantasy, and horror. That's most of the time. I do sometimes. Uh, Neil Gaiman. I read Neil Gaiman. I am wanting to go back sometime this year and read some of the older classics. I need to reread some Steinbeck and some stuff like that. But typically, science fiction, fantasy, and horror. I also read a lot of devotional type, either books or short stories or whatever. Okay. Uh, last time when we did the, what was supposed to be a, the sound sound check and I actually recorded it, we talked a little bit about what we were reading. And I, at the time, I was reading Alice by Christina Henry, and it's the and I finished that, and uh, I really enjoy ended up enjoying it. It's uh, it's a retelling. <laughs> Natasha's over here taking pictures of me. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to notice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but as, as we said last time, it was uh, it's kind of a, a retelling of the Alice in Wonderland story if Quentin Tarantino and Tim Burton got together and decided to, to write the book. Very dark, very violent. It's about Alice and her friend Hatch, who escaped from an insane asylum, and uh, they've been there several years. Uh, neither one of them could remember, really remember why they were there and once they escaped they ended up at Hatch's mom's or grandma's I don't remember and she kind of filled them in on some of the clues about who they were and where they needed to go and uh, so the rest of the book was kind of an adventure as they went searching for the white rabbit to get a weapon that could kill the Jabberwock who had also escaped the insane asylum and was trying to chase them. So you had all the characters from Alice in Wonderland. They were, in this case, they were 
crime bosses over di- different sections of the city, and they are very. But they finally make it through. They get to the White Rabbit. They get what they need, and the final battle between Alice and the Jabberwock is pretty cool, and I like it. It doesn't sound very much like the Disney version. Uh, no, it was not. It was, as I said last time, there was a lot of sexual assault, kind of rapey. You know, it, yeah. It was, I uh, said I will not be reading yeah. that one. And then, I actually, I finished another book between the last time I did. A friend of mine that I used to work with is a writer, and he just released his new book called. The Paradise Passage. I'm always a little leery of reading books by people that I personally know because I'm always afraid. What if it's horrible and I hate it? I feel that. I do that. I do that with um, with bands too. Like my favorite bands when they have gone a long time before they put out an album and then they have like a reunion album. I'm nervous. The book was written by Jim Murphy and tells the story of Gil, a young thief who steals from the wrong person and ends up working for a drug cartel. He rises up the ranks of the organization until he eventually betrays and turns on the cartel. He flees and begins a search for a man rumored to be immortal, and he hopes to find out the secret to immortality because he's afraid of dying because of all the evil that he's done for the cartel. It was fast-paced and a pretty quick read with several interesting twists. I did think that a few of the twists were a little too convenient, and I had some trouble with a major plot point that led to a major turning point in his life. But all in all, I enjoyed the book. I probably need to go back and read some of his others. I've read uh, his book of short stories, uh, The Last Romanian Frog or something like that. I don't remember the title of it yet, but I enjoyed it. So, And then the book that I'm actually getting ready to start is, I'm not sure how to pronounce this one. Tigana? Tigana. It's a book that Letitia got me a couple years ago. <laughs> I've got several uh, I've got several books that she got me for Christmas or birthdays that I'm just now getting around to reading. One of the reasons I wanted to do this book segment is it would force me to start reading again <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of... NCIS NCIS reruns. <laughs> <laughs> and so far it's worked. Well, we're really bad about giving each other suggestions on books. You mean, this is one you really have to read? So, yeah, I don't want to read that one. Yeah. Oh, that's not true. I just read, that's how we read the, that's how I read the Scotchy Cool book. Yeah. I read, I read your suggestions. I, I usually don't. Yeah. But because they're usually not science fiction fans here or. Kind of branch out. But this one, I don't really know a lot about it. It's a fantasy one of the reasons I picked it, there was a, another book that Letitia got me called, what was it? The Invisible Library. Another fantasy. But I got to look at it, and there's like six or seven books in the series, and I didn't feel like starting the series. And from what I can tell on this one, this was written back in like 90, 1990, and it, he didn't turn it into a series. It's a single book. So we'll see how that goes. That's what I'm reading and have read. So, who's next? Okay, Tasha. Okay, so what I'm reading now is a book called The Unconsoled by Kazuo Ishiguro, who's the 
guy that wrote Remains of the Day. Did you ever see that movie? No, I don't believe that one. With Anthony Hopkins and everything. And he wrote... Um, I know the movie, but you haven't seen He wrote Never Let Me Go, uh, which was also a movie, I think, with maybe Natalie Portman. The one where they are raised, the clones are raised in a school, but then they find out that they're their existence is because they're going to give organs to their clones, like to their older clones, like as they, their organ donors. What was the name of that? Never Let Me Go. It was a movie. Not that long ago. <laughs> anyway, so I knew, I read Never Let Me Go and I really liked it. And so I picked this up at a used books sale or something for like $4. And I, I purposely didn't even read the back before I started reading it because I just wanted to, you know, read it. Um, but it is... It's tough. It's hard. <laughs> I'm about halfway through. It, so this one, it's not really... It took me a few pages in to realize that um, it's moving it with dream logic. So, you know, you think of a place and or the guy, the guy who you're following, he thinks of a place and then he's there. Or um, he looks up to find out like, oh, he's been here the whole time. Or he's embarrassingly naked in a room or he's, you know, asleep and he's supposed to be awake. That kind, that kind of stuff. And so that, it took me a few pages to realize like oh, okay that's that's the logic that's how we're moving but then it took me a few chapters to accept like oh, okay this is the whole <laughs> this is the whole book it's it's not gonna stop so it's very so far there has not been any sort of payoff or like like you can't there is no third person narrator there's there's been no clue as to is this a nightmare mm-hmm. if it's a nightmare he doesn't quite realize yet halfway through he doesn't realize that it's a nightmare um it's basically this, you, you've pieced together at this point that he's an old uh, conductor or a musician, um, very esteemed, and everywhere he goes, people have these problems, and they are relying on him to fix it. Not even just, like, some of the music scenes, some, like, civic stuff, um, apparently, like, an old lover and her son. Like, he just keeps, every series is, he's trying to do this thing because they've asked him for help, and... Um, before he is able to do it, he says, okay, uh, I'll come back because he has this other commitment and he just keeps moving from commitment to commitment. And there's a a big speech he's uh, supposed to give at some point, but you don't really know if that's symbolic of, you don't know what that's symbolic of. So I can't figure out if it's a nightmare or if he's in a coma or if this is hell and he's in hell and he hasn't realized that he's in hell yet, but it's, it's a, it's not an unwindy kind of mm-hmm. book. <laughs> Sounds kind of so, serious. Yeah, so I only I've read it in big chunks. Like when I feel like it's one I have not been able to get lost in. Um, so it's not necessarily an unwind at the end of the day. It's ha- like I'm very aware that I'm reading when I'm mm-hmm. reading it because I'm thinking and trying to figure it out and trying to figure out what everything means. But having said that, the way it's done, I mean, it is brilliant in the way that he narrates it and the way you you recognize like, oh yeah, these are. These are dreams. These are these are what our nightmares do. This is what our psyche does. So that's what I'm reading now. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless you feel <laughs> unless you feel like you really want to work on something well, maybe philosophical you after you yeah. finish it. Maybe I don't. I I have a feeling that it's it's not going to answer what I that it's not going to tie everything up neatly. And it's just going to still be this question of what was that? But we'll but see. you're halfway through? I'm halfway through. Okay. And then I'm reading, because I'm always, the nonfiction-y thing that I'm reading is um, a book of interviews with James Baldwin that I think Uncle Jeff got me for Christmas. Maybe you did. No, Uncle Jeff did. 
Um, and it's just a it's just transcribed interviews with him over, you know, thirteen years or so. And that's really great and interesting, and would highly recommend that for everybody at some point. But I'll read an essay from that or an interview from that. And then I do, I mean, I do have, I did just finish some Roxanne Gay books that I would strongly recommend. What? Am I not supposed to tap? No. <laughs> you didn't tell me the rules. I just walked in. Because it picks it all up. Just got glared at. <laughs> but yeah, so before that, I read two Roxanne, well, I read a book of short stories by Roxanne Gay called Difficult Women. And it, and they are all, like every short story is a different kind of woman causing problems. Not necessarily in a bad way and not necessarily her fault. Um, and that was really good. And then I read the it's the best short story anthology of 2018 that she curated and edited. And so it is, it's all very heavily on, I don't know, centered on people of color and women and people that have been oppressed and sexual assault survivors and things like that. So it was also a heavy read, but really good. So I would strongly recommend all of those. And if you read the Ishiguro, then we can have a book club and talk about it and try to figure it out. <laughs> That's a lot of books going on at the same time. Well, I finished The Roxanne Gay recently, but I wanted to have something mm. to recommend. Yeah. Okay. The one I'm reading is This Is How It Always Is. And the only reason I picked it up is because it's a Reese Witherspoon book club thing. Had no idea what it was about or anything. It really really makes you think it kind of breaks your heart but it also I guess maybe encourages I think parents should read it teachers should read it I wish I had read it while I was still teaching it's a family keeps a secret about the fifth child and how keeping that secret starts to control them and how it affects the whole family. And I'm only halfway through, so I have no idea how it's going to to turn out. Um, One of the reviews on the back says, this is a fascinating, gut-wrenching, timely, and enjoyable read. The, The fifth child in this family, he's the fifth son. They always wanted a girl. And when he is tiny, he tells them he wants to be a girl. So they don't know if this is a phase, if he's going to outgrow it, if it's just a little kid being a little kid. But he truly, truly thinks of himself as a girl. And having kids like this in my classroom, So this isn't a light reading. It's not light. (laughs) But I know kids like this. I told you I couldn't talk about this book. (laughs) (laughs) But it's very good. It's very educational. And like I said, I think parents and teachers should read it. Would it be good? You know, at the hospital, they have the transgender clinic or the gender disorders clinic. Would it be good to recommend to family members? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Not gender disorders. Gender spectrum. Used to be disorders. Making progress. Okay. 
I think that does it. Thank y'all. Welcome. We'll we'll come back. I'll read something happy. (laughs) We'll come back in a month and talk about whatever we're reading in. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And now it's time for conversations with an eight-year-old. And here's our eight-year-old, Rory. How you doing, Rory? Good. Good? So how's summer been so far? Good. What have you done? Mm, Go to the pool a lot and mostly watch shows and cartoons. What are you reading? Otherwise known as Sheila the Great. Is it good? You like it? Then why haven't you finished it? To be fair, I do have six chapters left, so... Well, you're almost done. Yeah, but I'm not going to finish it anytime soon. Well, you might. You would if you would read more instead of watching your iPad. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah, but... <laughs> so, so what is otherwise known as Sheila the Great about? It's about... A girl named Sheila that moved that um, moved to a place called Terrytown in the summer, summer, and she was gonna stay there all summer, summer, and eventually she met a person named Mouse. Well, her nickname was Mouse. I can't remember her real name, but. Um, and Sheila noticed she had, she had a yo-yo, oh, and, um, when Mouse asked her, do you know any yo-yo tricks, she, she said, I used, I used to know some, but she hadn't played with a yo-yo in a long time because in her original original town um, yo-yos were for babies babies and um so this is a book about a (laughs) yo-yo no no it's not a book about a yo-yo oh okay but you've enjoyed the book so far? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe next time we talk, maybe you'll be finished by then. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Now, another thing that I know you've done, you and Grandma are writing a story together. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what it's about? It was about a girl that's named Ivy that went into the f- a girl a girl named Ivy that went into the forest and um um she was walking through the forest and she spotted a really like long and big tree with a door on it and she went inside and she saw 
she saw a fairy, right, and and she peeked in and and walked in and she saw a whole bunch of fairies just flying around and, and she knew they were like doing something but she didn't know what they were doing and um she well, you don't have to tell me the whole story <laughs> but it it's about this What's the girl's name? Ivy? Ivy. Okay. And y'all have only written a couple pages, but... Well, two pages, yeah. Yeah. You're right. It looks like you're doing it kind of like a graphic novel. Yeah, we need to illustrate it, but... It's going to be illustrated. You've got got different blocks on the page, and Mm -hmm. you're writing a block, and then Grana writes a block. And then I write a block, block. and then she does a block. Okay, and then you're going to go back and illustrated in between those blocks yeah but we're thinking we're gonna do that at like the end of the book after you get finished okay like we might do it at like sometime next week or when we start writing more of the book okay but do you want to read part of the book to us now or would you like to wait i'll read some okay read the first couple blocks read your Read, yeah, read your block and then Grandma's block, the first two that you go And wrote. that's it? Yeah, that'll be enough. Okay. Maybe we'll read more the next time. Okay. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Ivy, and one day she went to the woods. Ivy loved to explore and pretend as she gently walked through As she gently walked through the tall trees, she imagined a fairy watching her. She stopped and looked around and heard giggling. But she... Wait. I must remember. Okay, so that's that's the first two blocks. Okay. Well, maybe we'll we'll read more of it the next time. Maybe y'all write some more. Maybe. Okay. Well, thank you for being on the show today. Okay. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Leave a comment and let us know what you think about the show. Share with your friends and join us on our Facebook page. Talk to you all later.